Welcome to another episode of the Codex Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Kruger. With me as usual are my co-hosts, Jamie Wojcik and Tim Morse. How's it going, guys? What's up, everyone? We're in episode 40 of the Codex Podcast. Today, we will be reviewing Wonder Woman number 142. We also got some comic book news as usual. We have our works. I will be revealing my secret project. Jamie's super excited about it. We will have our topic of the week. So excited. Our topic of the week is... What single issue or storyline would you show someone just getting into comics? That'd be a very interesting thing to talk Sunny about. Sunny Seeker Project. Comments. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you picked it. And then, of course, we will be having more Do You Know. Yes. I've so got guys, your numbers today. Yeah, they're probably two, two, and zero for Tim. Uh, that is not true. It's going to be 15, one, and zero. Zero we only for you. three questions. Doesn't matter. Extra points today. <laughs> But, that was good. Well, we do. It's kind of like golf when you got to give someone a handicap. That's uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I run with a handicap of twelve. All right. <laughs> okay. Maybe <laughs> a fun one. Jamie, right. slap us with some comic book news. Oh God! If anyone isn't tired of hearing it yet or seeing it or seeing the memes, which I am not, so keep sending those to me. Um, Will Smith and Ezra Miller are slapping into a new universe. I kid you not hancock slapped rock and he got paper um no we had uh, a couple incidents that's uh, amazing jamie did you practice that that was wonderful nope i did that all <laughs> by myself it's probably the cool cable shirt that gave you the yeah confidence, i'm about to be i'm about to be wearing no shirt here in a minute boys if you Uh-oh. guys keep asking, talking about my cable shirt and that's what we really want don't we dude you know i love sorry for the audio sorry for the audio viewers that hey sunny uh, and not who, see it who created cable? Do you know? It would be. Oh, and don't forget about the Rob Liefeld. <laughs> Go ahead, JV. I'm sorry. Yeah. Back, back to what I was doing before we get to your appreciation segment again. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Ezra Miller got hit with another harassment charge. Um, and Will Smith smacked Chris Rock so hard. He left the stage for a, quite a while. Um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's getting kind of, uh, outrageous what some of the people are doing Ezra Miller had one before Snyder's cut of the Justice League came out where he grabbed that fan and uh and like tackled her yeah yeah. yes like at first I was like this has to she had to been like grabbing him and she he was like oh we fell no um (laughs) no he 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 took her out um and now he's got another one against him and it's just like at what rate do you start owning your own responsibilities and your own actions as a celebrity. You know, it, it, it kind of dumbfounds me a little bit to the fact that like you make all this money, have someone else slap them. <laughs> like, honestly, pay someone good money and to be like, go slap this person for me. Like, and this is a, it's a side tangent, but it's like the same thing with them drinking and driving. Like you mm-hmm. can't just pay somebody to drive you. Yeah, um, you have the money. <laughs> yeah. You have the money. But point is, is like, if you now, can buy top shelf Patron, you can hire a car to take you around. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, they had like when you look at it from 
like our point of view, to me, it opens up a door for something we don't want. Mm-hmm. And like Will Smith walking on stage because he didn't like a joke and slapping the comedian across the face, that opens up a whole nother realm for, you know, bystanders or people in the audience to walk up and just smack a comedian or go and throw something at an artist that's performing because they didn't like their stance on something. Um, Ezra Miller is the same way, you know, you're, you're making money doing something that you love, like, and you're tarnishing your reputation because you're a celebrity, you know? And it, I don't know it to me is just, especially with Miller. Cause I don't like him as the flash anyways. Um, we've already had that side tangent. We don't need to go into it again. He kind of personifies that for me. And the fact that he takes it to a whole nother level. And every time it's just worse and worse. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Why don't you guys give me some insight? Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I'm pretty much on dot here with that. Uh, Sonny, you want to go ahead and go with your opinion? Sure. And Jamie, yeah, I think you're pretty much on the dot. And I think Ezra Miller, yeah, so the thing was in Hawaii, Ezra messing with people, yeah. um, doing karaoke. And I know that Ezra Miller identifies as they as opposed to saying that they're a man. Mm-hmm. But even if you identify as they, like I said, the, the incident that happened two years ago, Their adjectives, that, yeah. that doesn't give you a right to attack a woman and throw her to the ground and choke her. You know, anybody, I mean, I don't advocate violence for anybody, but especially, like I said, being a man grabbing a, a woman and, you know, slapping, you and a guy have a problem is one thing and you and a woman is another thing. Mm-hmm. And then too, like I said, you know, the celebrities, they get so much, they have so many fans, you know, they're a role model of so many people. You got to, you know, show people the right way to act, you know, not to misbehave, not to say, Hey, I, I have so much money. I'm a celebrity. I can do what I want. If someone gets to my nerves, I'll hit them. Right. And especially to the Jada, you know, the, the Jada joke wasn't that bad. It was, Hey, Jada Jane two is coming out, you know, looking can't forward wait to, see to you. it. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was, you know, Jada Jane. I, I think a lot of people don't even know the movie. People are like, what, what is yeah. that? But Jada Jane was a tough woman. It wasn't like she was this embarrassing character. Yeah. So, yeah. Tim, well, you? well, uh, with with celebrities and, and Jamie, like you said, you know, looking at it from our point of view, like on the outside looking, right? right? Okay, so so from my perspective, the these people that uh, are celebrities or are considered celebrities, all the way from influencers to major Hollywood movie stars, right? And everybody in between. Uh, their personal lives aren't so personal anymore. And uh, everything that they do is out for public display and ridicule uh, and praise at the same time. Uh, and it's it's all uh, hollow and it, it's all... Uh, uh, it's, it's not, uh, righteous praise. It's, it's not humbling praise, but, but the ridicule is harsh, negative and disastrous, right? Because the court of public opinion, uh, overrules everything. Um, so when these people do things like this and they lash out, uh, people choose sides. And, uh, unfortunately the louder audience, chooses the side that is the most popular to choose at the time. And that was Will Smith. In in that particular instance, Chris Rock didn't do anything wrong. He's a stand-up comedian. He's a famous stand-up comedian, and he's known for telling edgy and uh, 
sometimes offensive uh, jokes. And what he said at the Oscars was the least offensive thing to ever come out of his mouth as far as a joke is concerned. And if people actually paid attention and watched what happened, Will Smith was laughing right along with everybody else until his wife gave him daggers. It was like, I like Tupac better. And then he walked up into some Tupac stuff. Or her son's best friend. Uh, And uh, that's when Will Smith turned around and walked up on stage because Will Smith's personal life is out for display and he has to do something. And he did what he did. And Chris Rock handled that in the most professional way possible. And I stand behind him I more hit him. than I do Will Smith. Uh, and the only reason for that is, is because Chris was doing his job. His joke was written and it had to be approved, which means that it was approved and it was approved for live television. Right. And then he went out and did what he did and then got slapped in the face for it. Jim Carrey was right when he said he would have sued Will Smith the next day for 200 million dollars chris rock should have done that and will smith on the other end was correct when he said that i should have been hauled out of there but the reason he wasn't is because he was going to win the best actor award for the oscars the people that have celebrity status are on a different level than we are they they don't go through the same things that we do they don't get the same type of treatment that we do especially the will smiths and the ezra millers and the chris rocks and ezra miller like you said, Sonny, I mean, with uh, with your pronouns, whatever your pronouns are, those are your pronouns. And if people mistake that, it's it's not a bad or a wrong thing unless they're doing it maliciously. Right. And, right. and then that requires a response. But if they're not doing it maliciously or if they just don't know, then it is your job to inform them, to educate them, to mm-hmm. help them learn. Hey, I don't go by he or him. I go by they or I don't go by she or her. I go by they or whatever it may be. You know, it's not something to get bent out of shape about and upset about and cause physical violence to. Right. I know. Especially if you're going to play a character, a very manly character in the flash, mm-hmm. don't get mad if someone says, Oh, you're a man. Exactly. Yeah. In, in the end, there's, there's a lot of underlying things that these people have to go through that we will never know uh, that we'll never have to go through. And, and like I said, their entire lives are out for public display and ridicule. And it's the court of public opinion that chooses what happens. Well, speaking of celebrities, and their way to use their celebrityism. Mm-hmm. Sonny, what do you got for us, bud? Yeah, so Shang-Chi star Simu Liu is refusing to sign certain comic books. It's been said yet yeah, at autograph signings, he has said that he will not be signing certain certain comic books like Master of Kung Fu. Uh, yes, the, the hands of hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, and the first appearance of Shang-Chi, you know, in special Marvel edition number 15. Which we covered now, right here. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we, we went over in an episode, the coin panel, that awesome chop. (laughs) But yeah, so Tim, we were saying that we were were like, oh, we were in a bit of a disagreement. We said we will discuss it on the show. We have a difference of opinion. I'm Switzerland. (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah. Like, so the reason he doesn't want to sign those is because he's saying, you know, those were Asian stereotypes Mm -hmm. and things like that. So that's why he doesn't like them. For me, I said, I can understand, hey, he doesn't have to like them. You know, everyone has, you know, the right to their own opinion. But what I don't like is refusing to sign them because let's say you're a fan. You might not know what he likes and what he doesn't like. And let's say you say, oh, I have this comic of, you know, 
special Marvel edition number 15. I have the first appearance of Shang-Chi. I can't wait to get the actor to sign it. And you bring it to him and he literally goes, and he turns it away. Now you don't get a signature. Like how is a fan supposed to know that? So that's what I don't First like off, Sonny, if anyone ever did this, like you just did, <laughs> that's Oscar winning right there. <laughs> <laughs> and the best Oscar award for goes, goes to... to... <laughs> SK. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one day. One Don't day. worry, you'll get a Codex award. I'm hoping for the it. Year. I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like I said, that's why I don't like it is that certain it's not the fans' fault. And they didn't write the you know, they didn't write the comic book. They're not showing you like I can understand if maybe there's an embarrassing panel and then like they specifically gave you that one. You're like, okay, I don't like that mm-hmm. one. And it's you know, like if you know he wants to turn down that comic, like I said, he doesn't have to like it, but you know, he did play this character that was based on that comic. He didn't tell Marvel, "Hey, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna turn away your paycheck because mm-hmm. I don't like where this character came from." You mean paycheck. Iron Fist? Because he played <laughs> Iron Fist. <laughs> yes, but yeah. So that's my opinion is that I don't think he should be turning away Shang Chi comic books. He doesn't have to like him, but I don't think he should turn them away. Here's 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 my opinion, and it's it's twofold. So okay, can't First, be twofold. You gotta have an opinion, not two. <laughs> First Even off, if you can fold them, it doesn't make sense. No uh, person is under any obligation to sign anything. Doesn't matter what's put in front of them. They have every right to say no. Uh, and I think the reasons for why he doesn't want to sign those are very justified because the books back then... Uh, and God, I even made mention of it in the the opening monologue for decoding panels that there are massive Asian stereotypes in those books when Marvel got the rights to Fu Manchu and uh, and the creation of Shang Chi and and things like that. And I believe it was Jim Starlin who was writing it. He even left uh, the title once he figured out uh, the the stereotypes and the racial connotations and things like that that the character was involved in because he didn't want anything to do with that. Uh, with that being said, uh, the actor that plays Shang-Chi, I can't remember his name and I'm not even going to attempt to try and pronounce it. Exactly. Um, he's under no obligation from anybody uh, to sign anything, uh, even though that is the character that put him on the international spotlight. And mm-hmm. like you said, Sonny, he did mm-hmm. not turn away Marvel's paycheck. He did not turn away the script that was written about the character, nor did he turn away the ability to play the character. But uh, on the other side of that, it is his obligation to inform conventions when he goes of what books he will and will not sign. And if anything with Master of Kung Fu is in the title, that needs to be informed to the convention. So that way, when they put his big face on the website and start doing the promotions inside the promotions and on the website for his specific page, it says, buyer beware, uh, he will not be signing anything with these titles. So that way people know when they pay the 50 or a hundred or $150, whatever he charges for his signature and or pictures, right? So it's an obligation from the fans to not expect or demand or be entitled to an autograph on any particular book. And it's the obligation of the actor and or creators to inform conventions of what they will and will not do. What do you think, Jamie? 
I would have to say that first off, I already have Iron Fist stuff signed. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> uh, no, um, no. With him, it's it sounds like Tim's best friend Rob Liefeld because he did the same thing, <laughs> and people don't even want him at conventions anymore because nope. those are the books they grew up on. Yep. Those are the books that they love. Those are the ones that got him into this character. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for those books, we wouldn't have the movie. Like, of course, there's some stereotype behind it. There's stereotype in every book from that era. Stan Lee literally wrote the X-Men based on bigotry and bullying. It's very true. Put all these characters in there and showed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, when I think of Asian culture, I usually go back to Rumble in the Bronx. Awesome or, movie. You know, Rumble like in the Bronx is good, though. That was awesome. I love that movie. Or uh, was it... Uh, what was the other one? No, that's that's racist. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. That's with another Chris in there. Um, but no, I, I was it police cop or something like that that was overseas with Jackie Super Chan. Cop. Yeah. yeah. So like, you you can't really stray away from that because your whole genre at that time was action kung fu movies. Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee movies. Yeah. Bruce Lee got, and that's who he was inspired by was Bruce Lee. I'm sorry, I watched a lot of the Bruce Lee movies. They dubbed a lot of them. Because of the fact that he couldn't understand them. So, in half the time, he's karate chopping people in the neck and killing them. And he's got 37-pound MMA gloves on trying to fight people. Chuck Norris came for a minute and lost. Like, that, that time... For, that time When he tore and, his chest hair off, you yes, know it was it was. We off. knew it was business. But, like, that time and that culture meant something. Yeah. And it... Even, whether you want to see it as stereotypical or not, it brought people to the like to the front of what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. So if you can't appreciate that, then you shouldn't be doing it. And so you, you got to remember that. And then if was you can't the sign, if you can't sign those books for people, then you need to rework your contract, get out, and have someone else come in because then you're just putting a darker spot on your own light. To me. Like, if I went for a role and I went for, I don't know, like, Peacemaker, and I refused to sign one of the Peacemaker issues because of the fact that, oh, he used the 37 and I use a Magnum. Like, come on, man. Like, it, it's petty to me. Like, you're making money regardless. You chose this role because it matched who you are. Why is there a problem with what your culture had before to now? I think there's some pretty fair points all around here, gentlemen. I, I don't I, think everybody's this, right, and I don't this think this is a breaking the code. Wrong. Tim lost. <laughs> I didn't lose <laughs> two to one, yes. <laughs> but I see a point. Like, so you don't have to, but I think he personally should. And then, especially yeah, if you took the character's role knowingly going in, reading mm. the content. I'm sorry. If you read it, why are you having a problem with it? If you had a problem with it, you should never pick the role. Very true. Yeah. yeah. You get that money. So I don't think I should be paying for a ticket to Shang-Chi 2. I wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Iron Fist 2 is going to be great. Do you know what I do have a problem with, though, gentlemen? Do you know? No. Oh, uh, the Supreme Court delivering a blow to the Steve Ditko estate and others. Did you literally just transition into your own transition? I did. Did it work? 
No. It did, though. <laughs> okay. Not at all. Yes, absolutely. All the time. All the alls. Uh, so the Supreme Court delivers a blow to the estate of Steve Ditko and others. And this is from Jamie's favorite breaking news comic book uh, website, Bleeding Cool. And uh, so on the 29th of March, uh, the Supreme Court the Supreme Court declined to review Hasbro's bench trial victory in a dispute over ownership rights for the game of life. Now, that is essential to what essentially goes into Steve Ditko and other creators that were work for hire. So mm-hmm. the gentleman that created the game of life was done as work for hire for Hasbro. And the courts decided that uh, the estate for the person that created the game of life uh, did not have any uh, ownership of that game because it was done as work for hire and Hasbro has complete total control over that. So fast forward into comic books with the Steve Ditko estate and even the Schuster and uh, the other estates, you know, for, for characters that were created that people are trying to regain rights to or gain money from because of uh, licensing and movies and toys and whatever the case may be. Uh, Those characters, whether we, like to think about it or not were created as work for hire uh so essentially with that ruling with the game of life for hasbro that basically says that uh companies like marvel and companies like dc uh can put a harder claim to ownership on these characters that were created during the time of work for hire Uh, And then when these estates or these creators that are still alive, try and go and reclaim some sort of ownership of their characters or reclaim or gain some sort of monetary compensation for their characters, their creations being used in movies, video games, comic books, posters, et cetera, uh, there's a high chance that the courts will side with the company instead of the creator. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 For example, like I said, yeah, companies usually or companies usually win. Unfortunately, creators a lot of times get pretty screwed. Well, I mean, work for hire is work for hire. That's exactly what yep. it is. And even though these companies did it through shady practices and paid these creators pennies on the dollar to create these characters, uh, it was still done as work for hire, and the creators knew that going. Yeah, in. the deal was made. So mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. it's something that you can't really like. You can be upset about it to an extent mm-hmm. like you could be like oh no but it was because of this reason yeah it wasn't a contract though like if you don't have anything binding that can set you you're kind of out of it like and it's sad but it's true like somebody said company's gonna win they got better lawyers well i mean yeah. the closest i think they're gonna get is uh created by credits in future books and movies at, at best maybe a couple mm-hmm. extra thousand dollars in gratuity uh, at best uh, but beyond right. that i don't think it's going to be much more i'd like an extra couple thousand dollars in gratuity for dealing with you guys that'd be wonderful <laughs> but uh that's just Me not too. the cards <laughs> maybe one day in the future we'll all be making big bucks in the code x station and i cannot lie um <laughs> yeah no it, it it's unfortunate we've seen it so many times like brew baker mm-hmm. even stated it and he's recent mm-hmm. like more more relevant let's just say it that way He's more relevant on it where he's like, yeah, like I carry and he was under contract. Mm-hmm. He's like, I should have read the contract before I did anything. He goes, but I was so happy to be a part of Marvel that like I just went with it. And now I think he's, it's, 
go ahead go ahead i was saying now he's kind of like kicking himself and like i don't get credits for anything like i'm not getting any anything for this person that i made like i came up with i created i babied i'm leaving I think it's pretty much known now, though, that if you do any creation under the Marvel or DC banner, it does not belong to you. It belongs to the company. That's a lie now. You think so? It is a lie now. Does Marvel... Look at at DC, for example. Naomi is a property of Bendis. Naomi will always be a property of Bendis in the fact that if any time they show her in anything he gets money for it then now you look at you look at punchline kind of contract for that not though. necessarily because really tinian's got the same thing he's hmm. got uh rights to punchline he's got rights to uh miracle molly from batman interesting and anytime they show up anytime they're going to be in a panel that's what they're having you know um donny cates has uh what's the dead dog's name from uh dr strange I don't even know. Yeah. That should have been a do you know question. Yeah. <laughs> um, no points for you. I would have got everybody, even me. Um, but he's got right said. He's even got a tattooed on his arm. Like he, you can't. Every time you show him, he's gonna. It's gonna be a character now. Just like Miles Morales, Ben is still making money off Miles. Well, if that's the case, then then that's at least a step forward. Yeah. So in there, these there's major companies. The creators are learning from before. Right. And taking it into their own hands where if, Hey, if I create this certain person or if I have a creation, it's under my name. But look at the Malibu universe that Marvel currently owns. A big reason why we will never see those characters again is because all of the creators have specific rights to those characters. And I don't think that's something that Marvel wants to go through the hassle of doing to put out characters like prime or mantra or hard case or prototype or anything like that you know so that just goes back to what this court ruling was about the the work for hire versus creator uh rights as far as character creation is concerned right now i looked it up real quick dr strange's dog's name is bats Bats. there we go i was gonna say butch don't get me wrong i don't know why but it's bad and he, you see him he's like always flying but he did it in My an annual bats. and created them and it was great so tell us about something else that's great with the MCU gaming. Nothing. Oh, that's you mean that thing we talked about? Oh, the other many the other other thing. Oh yeah, guys, Crimes 4 is now announced in oh um <laughs> no, uh we got Nova in the future. <laughs> Nova coming hopefully relatively soon to the MCU, thanks to the director of Moon Knight kind of giving us the scoop on that. Nice now. It's been pushed before. We've seen the Nova Corp in Guardians of the Galaxy. We've mm-hmm. seen them throughout anything that's cosmic. And I think they're overdue to finally have them be a part of it, especially with the Nova Corps already established. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of characters that are, have already had their kind of push that we have not seen. I'm still waiting for Adam Warlock. I want to see how this guy does. Like, yes. we finally got I... him, and it was after Guardians 2. He should have been in an endgame. Um, yeah, and then what was the other one? I'm trying to think. There, there's a uh, like, oh, uh, Miss Marvel should have been pushed year, two years ago because there's already talks about her, but mm-hmm. we had to wait for Captain Marvel to be part of it for Miss Marvel to be in there, which makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, 
I don't know. I, I, I want Richard Ryder to be in the MCU, but at the same time, like I'd rather just have a Nova Corps story and then him pop up. Be like, and our newest recruit, you know, or Guardians at the end of Guardians, where he's just like, Peter's just messing with the Nova Corp. And he's like, you know what? I got a guy that can shut you up. Hey, Richard, come here for a second. Like, maybe we'll see him in Love and Thunder. That, that's the hope. Could, yeah. I'm thinking Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is a work in Nova Corps, like more. Well, because yeah. I mean, we got to deal with the, uh, the decimation of Xandar and all that stuff. So. Yeah, either way, I think I think it's a good step forward. We're opening mm-hmm. up that cosmic realm a little bit more. I yeah. just need to know what's going on because if you're bringing Richard Ryder on, there's a lot of other Nova Corp people that I want to know if they're going to come on. I'm excited for it. Uh, Richard Ryder's a, a favorite of mine when he was in the New Warriors. Uh, I, I loved him there. That was my first exposure to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first exposure to him as far as like a team up with a major character was Amazing Spider-Man 351. Uh, with, and that was absolutely fantastic. And Bagley moved from New Warriors to Spider-Man and brought Nova with him. And it, it was wonderful. The only reason great. you liked it is because Bagley's attached to it. We get uh, it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Him and Liefeld until the day you die. No, not Liefeld. Bagley all the way. Uh, but anyways, yes, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be neat. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's going to be a, a pleasant addition to the MCU cosmic sector. Yeah. So hopefully they do the character justice. I want them to look like Nova, you know, that we see oh. in the comic books with the yellow helmet and everything. Yeah. So that'd be cool. And my first time being exposed to Nova was through a card, one of those old trading cards of superheroes. Yeah. Right on. That's my first time seeing him. When he was in the brown and um this the card was yellow. just kind of just him, yeah, with like the yellow helmet and he was like, yeah. It, yeah. yeah you know, I have to get my old cards. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely something that's gonna be it's just going to have to come down to the writing for me. And speaking of mm-hmm. writing, SK, what's going on with Alan Moore? Yes, Alan Moore, one of the greatest comic book writers, is teaching a class now. It is. It will be taught on BBC Maestro, and it will start in March 24th. So that means it's already started. Ooh. And he will teach 33 lessons. It will, it will equal up to around six hours, and the class is $90. So Wow. You know, I sent you guys the link. There's a preview. Alan Moore is obviously talking promoting about you know his ways of writing and you know we know alan moore is one of the best comic book writers i mean he wrote you know swamp thing for a while he did um, for the man who has everything which we reviewed in a previous episode uh, you know the watchman i mean so much from alan moore man and so i think he's a, a great person to take a class from so i think it'll be good i think it's uh and i think anybody who takes it, it's gonna be fun and i'm sure he has a lot of interesting insights on you know writing and he's written most people think from just from comic books i shouldn't say just i mean they're amazing but he's also written other kinds of novels as well mm-hmm. so, there's other oh, different yeah. types of format yeah. out there which you can find but yeah i don't know as long as he keeps his political side to himself and his antics about creators and what Wizardry. they're doing now yeah like they're not harry potter calm down Arik is going to be fine and the magician warlock guy <laughs> um they're not frolicking through a hall together so <laughs> You see Sonny in the background. Love Yosa. Um, so I was yeah, that it, guy in Fargo. That's that's me. Yeah, it was me. Me out. Chris Rock was in there. He has a sign me. in the back. Like I was in Fargo. Um, <laughs> mustache Sonny. Me shot. And the funny part is when I walk over him, Sonny's still breathing and twitching. So mm-hmm. he's obviously yeah. not dead. 
We'll see him yep. in Fargo. The return. Mustache Sonny lived to tell the tale. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, with that, I, I think it's a good idea. Like, having him give his perspective on what made him relevant at that time. I don't know if it holds up to today's standards, though. That's the biggest issue because you got guys like Scott Scott Snyder and all these other big names giving writing classes. I would love to see, like, I, if I had the money, I would pay for, uh, what do you call it, uh, Snyder and more and see how they compare. Right yeah. on. That makes sure you know, the difference you know, between... You know, yeah. what, what's the difference? What similarities? What what goes into it? What's the perspective from both of them? Right. But, I mean, yeah. if you like them, awesome. Pay the $90 and go forth with it. I just, I think that with his time period and what he did, it's a different, a different facet today. I agree with you 100%, Jamie. And, and there's not really much more I could add to what you said. I Good, mean, moving on. it's uh it's it's alan moore i mean what other opportunity are you going to have to learn from one of the greatest than right now that that's wonderful and 90 dollars is not expensive at all for six hours of material but uh yeah as as long as he keeps his political beliefs out and uh, his wizardry skills and uh general crazy antics and his hatred for marvel and dc uh, I'm very curious to see what he's got to say. Yeah. So that, that means I'm getting $90 to hear how he hates publishers and how he can put a spell on me. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. Now I'm very, now I'm even more interested. That sounds like something. Out, the spells. <laughs> I was about wow. to say, that sounds like something out of an image book, which by the way, <laughs> nice segue okay. there, buddy. <laughs> I try. I try. So, Image Comics honors the 30th anniversary of its titles with a special one-shot. And this is coming with writer-slash-artist uh, Jonathan Luna's The Falmax. And it's a new one-shot inspired by Image's 1992 launch titles. Did you guys get a chance to look at this cover? It looks absolutely stunning. I, I, I got- see the yeah. yeah. So, okay. Following the successful Kickstarter campaign, the Falnax number one is set to hit comic shops in June, June 1st, as a matter of fact, Wednesday. And it serves as an homage to the independent comic titles that first launched Image 30 years ago. And basically, the synopsis is it follows Spur, a mercenary from modern day LA who finds herself back in the year 1992 after chasing a mysterious villain. Through a portal there she meets a famous superhero team and realizes that they have a common goal and all those things are in quotations for one reason or another that doesn't make any sense to me uh so okay yeah this sounds interesting it sounds exciting it's a shame it's only a one shot uh because it seems like aside from mcfarland and larson image pushes as hard as they can away from the early stuff and i don't think they should i think they should embrace that um so this, I guess, is just a, a simple post-it note love letter to uh, those books from back in the day. So I'm very curious to see the superhero team she runs into and the common goal they have for the mysterious supervillain they're going against. Right. I love I love the quotes, though. Like, <laughs> it was in the article. I, I know. I'm agreeing with you. Can you just accept this for a No, Jeez. I can't accept anything. This is why we never get along. 
Dear well, God. Jamie, tell me how you feel, buddy. Uh, I don't know. I'm indifferent about it because we've already had that in the past. Like, mm-hmm. we've had so many reincarnations of, oh, this is the 20th anniversary, and this is our 20th anniversary comic for the launch of in 1992, yeah. um, where Man Award did a horrible. <laughs> and no, I'm kidding. Um, but no, juice. with yeah, juice, <laughs> juice hard and, skin. and hard, hard skin, naked butts. Yeah, <laughs> number one on YouTube. Um, YouTube but, algorithm, pick that up. Yeah, it did. <laughs> but no, it, it see, it, it's got to be something that's got to like intrigue me. And it's, I feel like it's the same watered down, uh, recycling of old comics to me like it, they've already I done mean, it. it basically give me some, is give me something new yeah. like give me the third give me the 30th with like you know characters from saga punching characters from any other comic in the face and being <laughs> like yo this is what's happening now you know wow. give me radiant black pop it into a, a panel and being like what is going on who wrote this <laughs> like uh, that would be alan moore <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no wonder there's wizards and no wonder there's no DC <laughs> or Marvel characters in here. Why does he keep saying we need to watch, man? Like, I don't get it. Who watches the Watchman? Well, I do, as a matter of fact. And I'm watching what time it is, and it's about time for you to move on. Um, but no, I mean, it, that sounds cool. Like you said, yeah. it'd be nice to see some of the newer characters. No, oh. it, it, for, 30th, for 30th anniversary, I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, you've, right. you have a cavalcade of characters. And you're still kind of regressing with the same ones. It's like beating a dead horse without the horse. True. But yeah, where's I, Wetworks? Where's Wildstar? Where's mm-hmm. Star? Uh, and so on and so forth. Where's Where are those ins- guys? Insert so. adjective here. Exactly. When she goes back in, so she is going back in time. 1992. Yep. I saw one of the covers is her loan. I think that cover looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one cover that kind of reminds me of uh, the Young Blood. Oh, really? Um, I didn't there, see that one. There was one is it yeah, on the article? The it should be in the article. Yeah. I'll Jamie, go did you see it? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, oh how many, how many homages it. to Young Blood are they going to do? Because I'm like, the, the the last Shadowhawk one I thought looked really cool, but this mm-hmm. one I was like, eh, I think the cover with her, the one alone, looks cooler and better. This and then, is an homage to uh, Wildcats. Yeah, so wow, to me, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's so okay. Similar. You can just keep talking about Rob Liefeld. He's got a pretty shade set in here coming up. No, but yeah, I mean, I, Tim, like I said, I think it sounds like a pretty interesting story. I do like those stories that they go back in time and and see some of the old characters. But like Jamie said, that would be pretty cool to see some of the newer image characters. Yeah, but with her going back in time, who knows? Maybe show maybe their common enemy is Hasanku saying. <laughs> I that'd hope be, so. I mean, I would, I would, I would say, okay, that would jump up my list and say, I need that comic now. I need that CG seed. Now, yeah. see for the first that, appearance, that cover of just her, that looks good. That yeah. looks stunning. Uh, that looks like something that I'd be at least intrigued enough to pick up and ask the guy at the at the counter, what's this about? Uh, but that uh, Wildcats homage, uh, that looks kind of horrible. Yeah, I like the one with her a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, more effort was put into that than the other thing. But, and that, I think, concludes our comic book news, guys, unless there's anything else. Nope. All right. And in so, more news. Comic book news. Is Slapping people. Have you been there? <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> no, I have not been slapping people, but you know, earlier this week, I've been, um, well, then the last week and the beginning of this week, I was working on a show. And when I'm not working on the beer as a frat boy, putting fake dollars in strippers' panties, I've been working on my secret project. Yes. And now I get to reveal to you guys that. And that's why he's wearing, wearing the shirt. Our well, button's going to fly. He's playing. You're not playing Superman. Get out of here. Yes. Uh, no, that's what it looks like. The man of steel himself, Superman. I am making a fan film miniseries Ooh. called For the Man Who Has Everything. And you guys Interesting. know what inspired by. Yes. Oh, great. Now when, you can now, now you can get sued for using that tagline. But no, I, I'm, I, I'm looking up into all that stuff first. Yeah. <laughs> I make sure to put down the right things, looking into fan films and fan fiction because oh yeah. When we reviewed it, the manuals have things I read it before, but mm-hmm. this time when we reviewed it for our show, I started seeing ideas in my head and I said, I can do this. Create create a, a story that'd be better for like filming, right? Like, obviously I don't have the money like DC or Warner Brothers has. But I said, I can create something that I can do. And already, I plan on it being four episodes. I've written all four. And now I'm adapting episode one into actual screenplay form. So Are you playing Super- you're playing Superman, right? So I wouldn't plan to play Superman. So when the day comes, I will shave that. How do you do the hair curl thing, though? That's my question. Like, you always call me back. So, like, when you're so thinking, when- thinking, I can, I can do it. <laughs> You think you think you can? I still, I still got enough hair on the top. I was like, oh, that's right. not what that's, that's <laughs> not what I was here. going towards. I was saying like because you always slick it back. Is it going to be weird to push it? You'll be like the Dean Kane Superman. That's I have to. The best Superman ever. Making all the plans, but that is the plan, and it's something I want to do. It's something I'm going to go forward. I know it. Go for it. Sonny, I am excited, man. That that is exciting news, and I cannot wait to see what you come up with. My thing is, okay, so we've been hearing about this exciting news. What's going on with the prosthetics, though? Well, that stuff is for for the man who has everything. So you guys know what I need to create. (laughs) A certain thing that's going to attach itself to my chest. (laughs) I got that. I got muscle. Oh, I mean, I've seen a series about series. A certain black mercy. Oh, a I certain need to make that. Okay. So we remember how the story goes. Hmm. Yeah. I'm very excited. Sunny. Very curious. Yes, absolutely. Yes, my yeah. curiosity has peaked. Yeah, it's, it's a big uh, challenge, but I said, hey, I go for it. I go for things I want. I, I chase my dreams. And you know, sometimes I fall flat on my face, but I go for everything. And this, I'm very excited for, you know, putting a lot of time into it and you know i'm passionate about it this is going to be a lot of action that this is going to be something a little different than what you're used to right yeah so something different yeah you know it's different and obviously playing jason todd (laughs) so still got a lot to decide so here's what i'm gonna do with the story you need to now sonny that like give somebody else a role of superman and please play jason todd (laughs) i I I wanted to play i was trying to audition right there oh playing bad this i got this role for gaming oh Jamie has to play Jason Todd now. I'll play Wonder Woman. (laughs) So with this, yeah. This um, is a multi-million dollar (laughs) Yes, it's four episodes. Do you guys like Kevin Smith? (laughs) Do you like Kevin Smith cosplaying? Do you like Wonder Woman? Do you like Kevin Smith cosplaying as Wonder Woman? Well, we got his extra. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) 
Yeah, so like I said, I'm going to finish posting my crimes too. But then once that's finished, I want to post the series. The, the four that I've written, at least put it out there. And that alone, writing that has just been a win for me. I said it. Nice. That alone has been so fun in doing it. And the challenge to my writing is different kind of challenge because I'm used to always my stories, my characters. They're all like, you know, this, this is inspired. It's not a complete copy because it would be the yeah. point of me completely copying it. But it's inspired by, you know, the Superman Annual 11 for the man who has everything. And then I was giving my little spin on it, too. And then, too, it's just been really fun to do. And that'll be interesting doing a character that I've known and loved and everybody knows. When I play Wonder Woman, I'm not going to shave my beard, though. That's still going to stay. Well, I'm fine with that. (laughs) (laughs) You you need need the outfit. You need the tiara. Uh, done. I'll I'll get on. And if you don't have one, Sonny's right got now, several in stock fact, that he can send. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go, guys. That is my secret project. That's who has everything. And then now I'm not the only one who's been up to things. The Kodak Station has been very busy, guys. I'll let yeah. You since you guys have been doing so much. Yeah. List, so go yeah. Go ahead, Tim. So uh, we have been going pretty strong on Codex After Dark. Uh, Matt Slayer, who is now doing Codex Gaming, uh, has joined us for a couple of episodes. And we had the number one fan of number one fans, Tone Falcone. He's been on with us for a couple of episodes. And it's been from comic character of the day from comic character of the day. Absolutely. And it's just been a lot of fun sitting there and uh, showing polls, getting on conversations like Dr. Doom and uh 2099 and all kinds of other different things just whatever comes to mind at that time spider-man toby mcguire movies it's it's a lot of fun guys and and we do it later in the evening late at night so so that way you know when you're sitting there with a mountain dew and a chilled wine glass and the fireplace going with your uh, back this again. <laughs> you can come and join jamie and i and whatever guest we have that night for codex after dark it's a lot of fun so you need to come and do that uh we've also got uh breaking the code which uh we did in episode four last week we did uh cameos versus first appearances and, and jamie won again lots of good points were made (laughs) lots of good points were made and it's a episode you need to check out jamie thinks he gave me the big fat l but uh oh no i didn't give it to you you signed and got it delivered to you uh it's fancy because i got two l's and when you put them together but your hands your hands don't stick your hands don't stick but they do now but but an l would be like this you're you see you're dyslexic I'm not actually yeah, so there. Uh, anyways, uh, more decoding again, panels. Again, prove it a point. I win again. More decoding panels is on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel number two just came out. Uh, Spider-Man 2099 number one is coming out. We've got two other ones coming out for you. Uh, New Mutants 98 and uh, something kind of cool. Something that I did uh, years and years ago in comic book form. And that'll be making its way to decoding panels. Uh, if long- Tim keeps up with decoding panels, I will make sure it gets published. <laughs> along with full stories of daredevil born again deceased uh the dark phoenix saga and so much more guys there's a whole ton of stuff on its way for you and on top of that we're doing tiktoks now yes the evil tiktok has real evil you just in. <laughs> and we're on there doing cool things so you definitely need to check that out uh and yeah 
what else you got jamie did yeah, that dude. cover everything almost um yeah we're definitely keeping up with their tiktoks it's it's been a fun little cruise doing that so much mm-hmm. easier to edit when you only have to do a minute video getting a lot of views on there yeah and then uh definitely go check out our discord because we've got a lot of communication kind of community is a little bit growing in there so the mm. more people we get the more fun it's going to be we just opened the war room yes green lantern versus richard Ryder. richard Ryder nova um i kind of said that real fast and Ryder. um <laughs> and then we did relaunch codex gaming on last friday with mm. matt slayer taking the helm he played for about four hours and I watched all of it till three in the morning. It was a fun time. I can't wait for more. Um, we'll be seeing, you'll be seeing a lot more of us. We're basically got stuff guys now scheduled every day of the week. Yep, pretty much. So there's no no reason to miss out on something when you have us here every day. So hit that follow button, like us, subscribe, do all the good stuff you need to. Yep, I'm put that there. This is unedited. <laughs> so when we hit editing purposes, there. when Sonny goes like imagination, there. you see him do down there? <laughs> We're putting something up there. Over um, in this corner. <laughs> yeah, it's, Tim's out of frame. Like he's going off. <laughs> of Over here. Yeah. No, but yeah, we do, guys, we've put a lot of work into this. We've put a lot of sleepless, well, me, sleepless nights. But uh, I go to bed at a reasonable hour because I like my eight hours. Yeah. And then Tim calls me in the morning. He's like, hey, man, we got we can work on this, this and this. I'm like, dude, I went to bed 30 minutes ago. Why are you calling me? Because the sun is out (laughs) at five. (laughs) Birds are chirping. They're awake. You need to be, too. Okay, Sonny would not (laughs) condone those actions. Yeah, my sleep schedule is the complete opposite. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, the sun's out. It took me forever to get off a third shift sleep schedule. Took me forever, and I will never go back to it. I just don't. So that way, I just wreck it all. Um, I need to stay up at night. That's my best. (laughs) That's when I'm at my best. No one can see me. Um, But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We're doing a lot of work for you guys, and the more you guys keep coming and watching the more we can do so guys keep doing what you guys are doing liking subscribing notification bells follow us on all the socials follow us on anywhere you can find podcasting platforms do it so we can keep growing and as a community too because we love you and we want you to bring you in so get in here absolutely yes and share it with everybody if we didn't say that yeah, yeah, Sonny. Yeah. Share it. I share. <laughs> Sharing I would, is caring. Sonny, I was in this episode, so I guess I'll share it. I share things. Have you have you had a gift today? No? Well, here's the gift of Codex. The station. Yeah. <laughs> the station of Codex. Happy <laughs> Women's International History Month. Here's a show with three guys. Talking, uh, talking about Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Wonder Woman's back there, so. Yeah, you know. so there we go. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I got old male figures on my walls. Oh. I can't really. <laughs> but I went like this, and Tim's like, "We're trying to figure out what's going on." I don't know. I'm just yeah moving so you can see more of Wonder Woman. Now, wonder if she is okay. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty. You know, it was pretty wonderful. Our topic of the week. Yes. Yes. This week, our topic of the week was what single issue or storyline would you show someone just getting into comics? As usual, Jamie has the top three comments of this week. Our, 
All right, guys, and as usual, they're in no particular order, and they are from the great group of comic characters of the day. If you guys haven't got a chance to check out their Facebook group yet, a lot of great communication, a lot of great topics. Definitely go check it out. We highly recommend it. Um, so first we got Daniel Allen Lazarus, and he, uh, he states that probably Giant Size X-Men 1 is what got me into comics. We have Koshan Jenkins, the original Marvel Secret Wars is the must-read. And then we get a little bit of a breakdown from our very number one fan of a fan, Tone Falcone. And guys, bear with me because this is a lot. It was um, good though. Right. Yeah, it was. If you're philosophical, Kingdom Come. If they like more mature, Identity Crisis. If they like social issues and current events, Civil War. If they like comedy, Sex Criminals. If they like blood, uh, X-Force. Sex and, and then and, and Sex and Violence. Um. If they like fantasy and adventure, Jason Aaron's Conan or Saga. If they like real world crime, that crime, kill or be killed from image. If they like conspiracy theories and demonology, the Black Monday murders from image. So once again, guys, thank you all that answered. And guys, go check out Comic Character of the Day. I'm telling you, you guys are missing out on content from them every day. Great conversations there, too. Great conversations. You'll see me, Sonny, or Tim jump in there. Sonny will put just a laughing face <laughs> and then be done about it his day because he was up at three in the morning to see it. Um, but yeah, guys, that great answers. Thank you again. Yeah. So, what do you, what do you think? Uh, as far as like a single issue or storyline, I would show somebody that's just getting into comics now i know i know a lot of people uh focus on well what do they like well we don't know because they're just getting into things so maybe they only like the superficial stuff or the surface stuff like batman superman spider-man wolverine the x-men right what would i show them i would point them in the direction of things that i think that they would enjoy because they want to enjoy comic books so i would show them spider-man torment Okay, we're taking this as they don't know anything about comics. Exactly. Just giving them one. Yeah, I would. I would. Who's super dude? I would put Spider-Man Torment in front of them. I would put the Infinity Gauntlet in front of them. I would give them uh, Deceased or Marvel Zombies and let them get started with that. All right. Yeah, for me too, it's hard. I guess I, I like what Tone said when he said, well, it depends. It, it, too, like a lot of people, like I would try to see what they like first because I want them to, to like comics, right? Yeah. I was thinking more like if you want something more classic, more older, but more mature, I'd say Daredevil Born Again. But if they want something more just action, fighting, I'd say Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars, the original. And then to also maybe if like, okay, maybe something newer, right? Let's see, not everybody's into older stuff. I would say all-star superman mm-hmm. someone that i would recommend and to maybe for an older batman one i'd say batman a death in the family right on. another mature so those it was tough for me to narrow it down so that's what i narrow it down and then stop right there year one would be another good one to to throw in front of people yeah good beginning after batman mm-hmm. yeah, good choices Jamie, how about you so if i was giving someone if they just asked me hey i i want to get into comics where do i start i would say flashpoint um, I would say Black is Night. I would also tell them to try Infinity Gauntlet. And then for a last one, I would definitely tell them uh, Batman Hush. Right on. So a new, re- a new reader, 
someone that, and I took this as a perspective of they're not like, oh, I like Batman. Oh, I like Wolverine. I took it from, I have no knowledge of what you're talking about. Feed me. Those are all perfect suggestions to hush. I didn't even think of that. That's a great one. Cause that's like right in the middle of everything. Batman and, and you get the all too. of the characters and villains yeah. and Rose gallery yeah. in it. So you get a better visual of everybody. Yeah. Right on. Good choices, gentlemen. Good choices. Good choices. And everybody watching, still feel free to comment and let us know what you think. We always like going back and checking our comments and seeing what people think. And mm-hmm. too, soon we'll put on a new topic of the week on comic character of the day. Right, Jamie? Yes, sir. The only right. place to go. That is right. And now we move on to. Nobody say it. Nobody say it. Oh, Nobody <laughs> say it. <laughs> Does anybody know what we do next? There it is right there. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Where, where, where's where's my segue into this? <laughs> Yes. But Tim, it's you who starts off with the question today. Yeah. So uh, Wonder Woman, that's what we're reviewing today. So obviously mm-hmm. a lot of my questions revolve around her. Uh, so to get us. Sp- yes, she's a woman. Yep. Uh, point. Uh, yes, actually. There you go. Okay. So uh, good <laughs> no, that is that's your blazer. That's uh, your blazer. One of many actresses. Yes. Uh, however, do you know the name of the title that Wonder Woman first debuted in? If there's someone looking it up before, I always get two answers. Yeah, well, I, I have, the, I usually get the, I have the correct answers. So, yeah, Sonny, what do you that. think it is? <laughs> nope, I do. So then I'll just say All Star Comics number eight. Okay, Jamie? I don't think number eight was right, but I think it was All-Star Comics as well. Okay, all I'm looking for is the title, and the title is correct. And yes, it is All-Star Comics number eight. That is the first official appearance of Wonder Woman. She was in a backup story it was called, uh-huh, called good job, bud. Introducing Wonder Woman, and it came out in December of 1941. Okay, so that was so, the thing I kept hearing is introducing Wonder Woman so it's all star comics. It's yeah. not also, sensational okay. or sensation comics. That, that's or... why I thought it, that was the second one was sensation, but I was just like, if Sonny's gonna get a point, Jamie's getting a point too. <laughs> all star comics number eight is the first official appearance of Wonder Woman. Nice. Is it it goes me, right? Uh it goes Sonny. Sonny's hey, next ooh, today. I'm last. <laughs> uh no, actually it's uh, I do have it that it's Jamie X. Oh, okay. Do you? Oh, then I yep. wrote it wrong. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> I think last week I was first. Yeah, so this week goes on to Jamie. Oh, so okay. Jamie X. Is- so, guys, we all know Wonder Woman's power set. But do you know in what year did Wonder Woman surrender her powers in the comics? Totally gave them up. They weren't taken from her. They weren't anything. She surrendered them. In what year? 1987. I'll say 1981. Both of you are way off. Um, 1968 was the first time she ever had lost or surrendered, which was the key word there, surrendered um, her powers. She gave them up to Themyscira and the women there so that way she could live in man's land with Steve Trevor and just go about her life as a normal civilian. That sounds like the plot for Superman 2. Well, it's Wonder Woman, so I don't really care. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Okay. They're both wrong. 
All right, now we my close question. though, Sonny. We were close. Yeah, I was only 13 years off. So. <laughs> Not too far off. <laughs> all right, guys. Now, my questions are all about women. Since you know, we know women, we love women, and it is Women's History Month. So, you said we you love mean, women really sensually. I think you need to scale it, but no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. We love them. There you go. <laughs> Better. <laughs> okay. And one another character we pretty much all love is Spider Man. Do you know who the first woman was in comics to ever wear? spider-man outfit like a spider woman or just like putting it on like he like on a cover put it on to fight oh to fight um hmm i'm gonna go with felicia hardy i'll say black widow so a lot of people think it's the character of jessica drew but it is not the first woman to wear the spider-man outfit is valerie the librarian in Spidey Super Stories, back in 1975, <laughs> Valerie the Librarian put on the Spider-Man outfit and was the first woman to, be, to fight as a Spider-Woman. That is amazing. Yes, she's literally just known as Valerie the Librarian. Sensational. <laughs> Webtastic. <laughs> God almighty. Good times, bro. <laughs> and he's wearing a Spider-Man, made Spider-Man shirt. How dare you, sir? How would I even begin I even to know that? <laughs> I guess no. I'm not as hardcore as I thought I was. Yeah, no. <laughs> you and your librarian fetish. Question number two, gentlemen. Okay. What actress has the credit of being the first live action appearance of Wonder Woman? I'm going to say the name wrong. Oh, my God. All right, Linda Carter. Sonny? I think I'm be wrong. I should say Linda Carter as well. You both are wrong. Yeah. Uh, the actress... still got a point. No, absolutely <laughs> not. The actress's name is Kathy Lee Crosby, and she was the star of a Wonder Woman-inspired uh, so the show was a name only, 1974, in a pilot TV movie on ABC. See, now you say and, inspired. Well, that's because uh, they used the license. Was she property. one? Was she one? Absolutely, absolutely. She was Wonder woman. woman. Yes, she was Wonder Woman, uh, and she was a secret agent instead of from Themyscira or anything like that. Her costume was completely changed and she wore more of a jumpsuit with the stars on her sleeves, red and a gold belt. No lasso, no tiara, no anything. So we don't have Wonder Woman, but it was Wonder Woman. It was licensed by DC and Warner Brothers and it failed abysmally. And then that is when the following year in 1975, they got Linda Carter to do a more faithful representation of Wonder Woman on television I feel like that shouldn't have been a question it should be stricken from the record <laughs> uh absolutely uh, who's that woman uh, who's the original name though kathy oh, yeah. lee crosby kathy lee crosby absolutely and you can go look her up and yep it's there that's the first official live action appearance of wonder woman nice okay so on to something that actually makes sense um so we all know that krypton exploded went mm-hmm. poof right but do you know who was the Green Lantern that guarded that sector when Krypton exploded? Evan, sir. Sinistro? Both are wrong. 
Tomar Ray, the first person that Hal Jordan ever met in the Green Lantern Corps as well. Wow. Yeah, I've read that and I was like, Tomar, what's going on, bro? I know you're dead now and your son's taking over, but like, come on, you let Krypton just blow up like that? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be a little bit better than that. Oh my God. Well, we are at one for one, Jamie and Sonny, right now with me with Big Fat Zero. So now my second question. Most of us know Betty Ross is Oaks Lady, but it was another Betty Ross, even long before then. She's back in Captain America comics. Do you know what the original Betty Ross's superhero name was? Propaganda girl. No. <laughs> uh I have no idea. I'm not even going to attempt to guess. I don't know. Well, Betty White was part of the Golden Betty, Girls. Betty, Betty, oh, Betty Ross. Oh. Betty Ross was Golden Girl. And she was in Captain America number one, March 1941. I don't like this game anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, the original. Yep. I'm like, let me keep it to, all, to women. I was like, why is he talking about Betty White? What's going on here? So all wow. these Bettys are golden. It's amazing. All right, Tim. Bring us another three. Okay, number three. Close it out. Jamie, you're at one. Sonny is at one. I am still at a big fat zero. So, do you know what issue Wonder Woman kills a villain in cold blood in? Yes. Okay. Go for it, Jamie. (laughs) No, because... It's it's the one she's most well known for. Yeah, I'll put it, it that way. Can I give the person's name? Yeah, I'll take that as an answer. Maxwell Lord. Maxwell mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was and that was Infinite Crisis. No. I say the countdown to Infinite Ident- Crisis. Identity Identity Crisis. This event led up to, I believe it was Infinite Crisis. Oh, this Infinite took Crisis. Place right before that, but I say countdown took- Infinite. This. It took place in Wonder Woman Volume 2, number 219, in July of 2005. I think it was called Final Sacrifice, and it was the fourth yeah. of four chapters for that. Yeah. And uh, Superman was mind-controlled by Maxwell Lord, and uh, with the lasso of truth, she put it on Lord and said, how do I free Superman? And he said, kill me. And she did. Yep. Heads backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. Jamie and Sonny, you're both tied for two right now. Sonny waited for me to say that, too. He's like, yeah. I think I know it, but I don't. I know. I remember the. Yeah. The sound forget, Jamie did say it wasn't number eight for uh, All-Star Comics. All-Star Comics number eight. <laughs> yes. That, that's the answer for everything. Yes. Sensational okay. Comics number five. Um, yes. So we all know Wolverine as this short, fused, tempered, short man of a person. But do you know, true or false, did Wolverine ever lose a fight to a member from Star Trek? I'll say true. true. Wait, wait, wait. What did you both say? You guys said at the same time. True. true. All right. To who? Uh, to. Uh, hey, no, I'm kidding. You guys got it. <laughs> but no, it was actually to Spock in 1996 in the X-Men Star, Star Trek crossover. Wow. Of course, Spock would just go bloop. He hit him with the V. Yep. The neck pinch. You're done. 
All right, guys. Since you're talking about women and Wonder Woman. You're talking about women. Wonder, one of our Wonder Woman's most infamous enemies is Cheetah. Do you know the first appearance of Cheetah? Um, sensational Comics number five. <laughs> I always get it mixed up because Hyena is Firestorm number three. And every time anyone's ever asked me about Cheetah, that's the one I refer to. <laughs> uh, Cheetah would be, I don't know, Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman seven. Jamie, you're one issue off. Oh. Wonder Woman six. Oh, oh my. Oh man. Yes, you, you didn't say what issue. You didn't say what issue number. You just said what issue. <laughs> I could just have Wonder Woman and got it. Wow. Come on, I was one issue off, man. All right, that's fine. Sonny, Sonny just wants to win because he didn't say give me the issue number. He said. <laughs> He asked yeah, what her first appearance want, yeah. was. So. I usually always want And we've been nice about it. We've been like, yo, don't worry about it. Just take the name. So he's like, oh, Jamie's going to tie me again. No. Nope. <laughs> That's the whole I issue. I want us to mention the issue number. I make sure to specifically <laughs> remember the issue number. I was like, number eight. Well, Sonny, with that trip at the finish line, you have taken victory yet again. <laughs> I quit this show. You got three. Jamie got two. And I got a lonely one even though tim at the pre-show was like i've got this in the bag guys i thought i had him i thought i had sunny but i guess i didn't i was wrong (laughs) as always yes (laughs) well three two one and then now boom it's time for our review (laughs) like krypton yes like krypton explodes but we'll be we will now be reviewing wonder woman number 142 Right on, guys. Tim, would you like to start us off with the credits? Yeah, so let me put my glasses back on so I can actually see the words I wrote down. Uh, Wonder Woman number 142 is written by Eric Luke. Artwork is by Yannick Paquette and Matthew Clark. Inks go to Doug Hazelwood. Colors to Patricia Mulvihill. And letters to John Costanza. Okay. And we didn't have it. Who would like to start off the story today? It could be any of us. Me. I'll guys. take it. So, yeah, Wonder Woman 142. We kind of open it with uh, Diana sit, yeah, standing over a war, basically saying, like, I can control this. This can't keep happening. And as things are blowing up around her, she's just taking out basically uh, enemies and stopping tanks and missiles from flying. Um, we learn from her friends that she is no one's really heard from her and that like they heard her voice in their head i believe it was in the one panel like i heard an inclination of her so they go looking for they end up finding her at the wonder dome and which i always love saying that out loud because it sounds so fancy (laughs) um you know they're going through all the the wonder dome and seeing all these artifacts and you know, everything along the lines of, you know, the whole heritage of Wonder Woman. Um, we get to Wonder Woman. She's talking about how she's going to leave. Um, basically how Cassie's going to, isn't ready to take out the mantle yet, but she needs to. That she's going to see a point where she is in the past and where she's going to be in the future. So that way it brings out 
her version that she believes she can be of Wonder Woman. Um, and then also talks about how basically she wants to rid the world of all this evil and injustice on her own. So basically we're getting the evil Wonder Woman that everyone wants <laughs> at some point in their lives. Not to that extent, but you know, we're seeing that development of her character being like, I'm tired of war. I'm tired of innocence dying. If I can stop it, I'm going to like, there's no more rules for me. I'm stopping this. Um, I don't want to give too much away because I want to say some filler for you guys. But for me, if I'm going to rate it, the, the story wasn't the greatest for me. Like I thought this was going to be a good standalone issue. Um, so with that said, I gave the writing a six because of the fact that it was a lot of jumping around. It was a lot of choppy areas. Like, oh, I just heard the voice in my head. Let's fly. Like, no, that's not really what. Um, and then, like, just to throw Cassie into that one-page predicament where she's like, you got to take over for me, but you're not ready. You got to have a clear head. That's basically all she said. And, you know, that, that, that just irked, like, it didn't irk me, but it was like she wanted to stop something at the beginning, and at the end, she's a god at the end of the day. And she's just acting like a god now. So we really didn't get that much of a character uh, portrayal throughout the whole thing to me. So that's why I gave it a six. But I would say the eight artwork for me is a solid eight. I love the artwork in the book. Um, so overall for this book, I gave it a seven overall. Right on. That's not bad. That's pretty okay. good rating. And then uh, there you go where I go. Uh, I'll go ahead and take it over. So uh, I thought... And, and the reason I chose this one here for us uh, was I had seen another podcast uh, review this book, and they said that this was quite possibly one of the greatest uh, Wonder Woman stories ever told. And they lied I, to us. I agree with that. I, I had to read that for myself. With Jamie or with them? Podcast. With Jamie. Uh, uh, because I've, I've read plenty of amazing Wonder Woman stories, wonderful Wonder Woman stories. And this doesn't even crest the top 10 however mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's a bad issue so <clears throat> with that being said i think a very solid message is contained in this one-off story mm -hmm. and the issue really shows how powerful wonder woman is and not necessarily with strength or her superhuman abilities either i mean although that is there right because right. it's a comic book and there's action and and all that other stuff uh, I think the how they show her focus, her passion, and her drive for what she believes in, uh, I think more of that is on display than her ability to survive direct missile impacts mm -hmm. multiple times and rip tanks apart like they were uh, tissue paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <coughs> So I think it's a well-written, though a little bit 90-ish, uh, self-contained self story. The artwork's really solid. It's consistent. And the inks and colors from the rest of the creative team help the visuals pop, which I really like. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's solid all around. The writing gets a 7 out of 10 for me. And the only reason for that is uh, I, I think that it could have been more linear. I agree mm -hmm. with you, Jamie, where you said that it jumps around an awful lot because it does. And I, I don't think that it needs to. 
uh, I think they could have focused more on what Wonder Woman was doing and why she was feeling the way she was feeling. And we didn't get a whole, whole lot of that. Uh, and I, th- I think this, the story would have been better with more of that and less of Cassie and all that stuff as an afterthought. Um, the artwork, however, gets a 7.5. I really enjoyed both uh, Yannick and Matthew's work together on that. And you could see the differences, but I think they blended really well together. So that gets a 7.5 out of me. And overall, it gets a 7.25 out of 10. Okay, now on to me, but yeah, like I said, this story guys crunch going. Sunny's a perfect 10. <laughs> yes, couldn't give Green Lantern New Dawn one, but giving it. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, we began the war. Superman or Wonder Woman gets hit with the bomb, and then we go back. And yeah, basically, like I said, you were telling it, Jamie. And then one thing I did like with the story was I actually liked the writing, I liked the dialogue. To me, I think that was actually my favorite part of it. I thought the artwork was fine. Yeah. Um, and to like the action. Obviously, it wasn't too much. You know, Wonder Woman, she's trying to stop the war in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. But it just said it wasn't, like, too much there. Like, so I would not say, oh, this is one of the best Wonder Woman's, Wonder Woman stories ever. Or, oh, you need to read it. It was a fine read. I still thought it was a good story. I enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think it was that huge. And especially towards the end, like, I don't want to give much away. But it's, you know, their last of a truth. And she has, as she as she, as she worded it, the, the twins of pain. Yep. And with that conversation with the two uh, leaders, I was expecting more of to see the conversation. Yes. And it kind of just was like, they, they realized they were both similar. I like the gloss over of it, though, because it, it wasn't a conversation that we needed to see. But we saw the key points during the process of them coming to terms. Yeah, I, I actually would have liked to. I, I see like the point where they did, but I, I would have liked to have seen some of the points made from them. But. I mean, I guess it is only 22 pages. So I'm like, okay, I do keep that in mind. But we just wanted me, to be there for the, it's like the Khabib McGregor fight that happened. You just <laughs> wanted to see the after ballet. Yeah. yeah. But even too, with the Wonder Dome, I thought it was kind of cool with seeing the past. And even like, is that Wonder Woman kissing Superman? Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> we so, don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I did think it was a good read for me, but I wasn't like, oh man, this is such a special issue. This is one of the best or anything like that. I just thought, Good. My son, he gives it okay. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, me, I do give Wonder Woman issue number 142 a 7.3. I did good, but not Ooh. spectacular, not sensational. We're in a good seven. Seven. Nice. Well, Sun- close. Yeah. Uh, well, Sonny, you gave it the highest grade out of everybody. Yeah. That's seven usually point- what Sonny does. Yeah. <laughs> But but it's it's pretty solid. It's it's a it's a nice seven out of ten issue. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a good issue to read. It's 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 better than filler, but not something that's going to stand out. Agreed. And I said it seemed like we all pretty much agreed on our opinion. Yep. Good story, but not one of the best Wonder Woman stories ever. Right. No. Absolutely. And with that, our Come review on. of Wonder Woman one forty two comes to an end, and I am excited for next week. For we will be reviewing Green Arrow, The Longbow Hunters. Yes. I got my books out. I opened it. I finally opened it. And I took a quick look and I'm like, oh, I think it's what I'm really going to enjoy. It's going to be good. You're you're going to love it. Absolutely. I think it's one I of am, my favorite yeah. stories. Yeah. I rated it. Okay. I have to wait and read it before <laughs> I get the rating. 10 out of 10. 10. Out of Why 10. are you holding up nine figures, Sonny? <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> okay, so. Nine point nine seven. The worst grade in 
in codex history right there. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> 9.7. But awesome. Yeah, so last week we had Green Lantern, New Dawn, and then next week Green Arrow, Lombo Hunters. And with that, everybody, I bid you all farewell. You all have a great day, great week, great month, great everything. And I'll see you soon on an episode of the Codex Podcast. And I'll let my co-hosts take it away. Yeah, guys, as usual, be kind to one another out there. Don't be slapping comedians in the face. It's not fun. Um, respect what everyone does because you'd want their respect back. Uh, but as usual. Keep circle of blood out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> circle of blood is trash. Can't wait to see it in G.I. Jane 2. Um, <laughs> but no, circle of blood was trash. Um, sorry, Stephen Grant. We love you. Keep still. circle but out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> circle of blood, circle of blood. Um, but no, as usual, guys, thank you for those who showed up, talked to us, got a chance to live in our world a little bit longer. Um, if you guys are watching this, make sure you guys subscribe, like this video so it helps out the algorithm a little bit more. Sonny's doing his magic wand thing again, so edit here. Um, and guys, definitely hit that notification bell so you guys don't miss any more of the content that you guys are pretty much missing out on because we're going seven days a week now. So be on the lookout for that. Once again, guys, I will see you all in the next one. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to find us on all social medias. That would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, our new TikTok over on Discord and over on Twitch. And anywhere podcasts are streamed, all you have to do is type in the Codex Station. And that is where you'll find us. We got lots of content for you on all available platforms. So please hit the like button. Like Jamie says, hit the follow, hit the subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that stuff. So you guys don't miss out on anything we have coming your way. Once again, guys, my name is Tim. This wonderful guy over here is Jamie. And down below is the host with the most, Sonny Kruger. This is the Codex Podcast. We are the Codex Station.